Welcome to the weekly sermon from Generations Church. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Scott and Melissa Hale. Well, good morning, everybody. Generations by live stream, our first ever virtual church. Can we call it that? It's a little different. I'm telling you what, we're here. And thank you so much, Daniel, for uh, helping us lead us into some awesome worship this morning. Some of the other guys here, we kind of, we got a, a skeleton crew of some mighty techno warriors who are dedicated to bring you this live. And we thank everybody so much. We thank you for joining us, letting us come into your, your homes this morning and, and just to be with you in this time. And hopefully you got your coffee and some cereal. Oh, a cereal? Well, like, or breakfast no, taco. No, no, he would, it would be breakfast <laughs> yeah. tacos. You know this. That's right. That's right. I mean, if you're going to be home, make it worth it. That's right. Cook up something good. That's right. That's right. Well, my goodness, it is different. I mean, even this morning, you know, as we, we were greeting each other here with the crew, we're, we're giving each other hearty waves and, and uh, greeting each other with a, it's so strange. a foot bump or two. Uh, you can tell, you know, t- this, is a, this is a different time. There, there is this, and, and you know as well as I do, over this last week especially, it just has really, there's been this growing sense in our nation and throughout our community that there is something, there's something different about this. There's something different, and we're going to be living with some change for a while here, and, um, and that's okay, but we want to acknowledge that change isn't easy, and, and what we're going through isn't always easy for people. We understand that there, uh, a lot of folks are going to be affected by this. Some people will be affected physically. There's, we, you know, we, we understand already in our community there's, there's folks who are, you know, might get sick, and uh, we we're going to be praying for those folks. But we also acknowledge, you know, this, this adversely affects, us fo- affects folks in other ways too, psychologically, physiologically, because, especially because of the very physical isolation that we are having to undergo in order to protect each other, in order to protect others that, that, are, that are most vulnerable. We acknowledge you know, there's, there's worries financially. Some people's jobs are going to be affected by this. And so there's those kind of worries out there. It hits small businesses and maybe you work for a big company and, and your hours have been cut back or something like that. There's, there's ways that it's really going to affect almost all of us. And so we're all in this together. That's what I want you to hear me say this morning. We are all in this together. And church, this is our opportunity to shine. This is what we were born for. This is what the church is here for. It's what we were made for. You read our origin story in the New Testament. Man, this is, this is, we we are made for this to show radical love, radical compassion for those who most need it, who most are, uh, you know, under threat from this, this sort of thing. But, you know, we can tell this does feel different. Even us Texans, you know, Texans, we're, we're, we're used to uh, crises that, that pop up. We've been through hurricanes. We've been through, you know, the worst flood in two centuries. We've been through all this stuff. What do we have, like forest fires a few years ago? We've, we've seen it all. But this one is, is, is odd because, you know, you can't see it. You can't, you can't see it. It's literally airborne. And because of that, even the what I've noticed, and you have too, I'm sure, is the fear itself is literally airborne. It's, it's in the air. You can sense the, the dread in some people, and it makes people feel jittery and on edge. You know, the, you know if you understand, you, you probably have sensed maybe that, that sort of underlying, just low-grade panic uh, that some people, you, it's hard to locate. It's something it's hard to name. 
I want you to know this, if you're watching this, you are not crazy, all right? You're not crazy, and you are not alone, all right? You're not alone. We're all going through this. We're all intimately connected in this thing. And I got to tell you, when I hear about a virus that uh, doesn't necessarily, so far the the data shows that it, it may not particularly target younger people, or does it make people younger people, or maybe people my age sick, but that doesn't make me breathe a sigh of relief. It makes me mad. It makes me mad. How dare this, this virus target our older generation, right? How dare it do that? There's this voice in my head that says, this is the generation who has survived everything. They've been through it all. They, we, they are so valued. You guys bring to the table all your wisdom and, and your knowledge and your love and your generosity. And just how dare this thing target those who are, who are most vulnerable among us. And you know what? That is exactly why we are doing this online. We're not doing this because we're scared of getting sick. Right. We are doing this because we love those for whom getting sick is not an option. It's, it's a bit riskier. And so one of the scientific facts of something like this, a fast-spreading virus, is that it will spread more slowly mm. through social distancing. Mm. And that's what you're doing today. You being at home today um, is contributing to a slower spread. And, and why is that so important? That means... Um, if and when people do get sick, there's hospital beds available. There's doctors available. There's resources, as opposed to everyone being together all the time and 100 million people getting all sick at the same time, which is the most dangerous for the 15% who are really affected. So we honor your brothers and sisters in Christ by uh, practicing social distancing. Some people call it social isolation. It actually honors other people right now to do that because you're helping to flatten that curve of the flatten spike the of a virus. I'm sorry to get all technical, you know, because yeah, I got my, my bachelor's of science and <laughs> had nothing to do with actual science. It was communications. But when you read these things, it's kind of um, some, some things feel counterintuitive mm. to being disciples of Christ, because we want to be in touch mm-hmm. and be close. Mm-hmm. But sometimes love looks different yeah. than you assume it's going to look. Mm-hmm. And of course, just because this is the thing that they're saying to do, it doesn't mean we isolate ourselves mm-hmm. from serving others, or we isolate ourselves from what the Lord tells us to do. Because there's point. a thousand ways we can touch and impact people, even if we're still practicing what they're telling us to do. That's so true. I was thinking about this yesterday. You know, this this crisis kind of involves two different things. Number one, there's the disease. You know, we've, we've heard about this, COVID-19. It's out there, this, this virus. And, and that's bad enough. We can name it, but we, you know, we know, you know what it kind of looks like. We know kind of how it's spread. And uh, so there's that. But there's this other thing that we're dealing with, and that is the dis-ease that people feel. The dis-ease. And that could be as tormenting as the disease itself, because it, in, some, in some cases, it can be a deeper uh, form of anguish. Um, 
because it's under the surface. It's that, it's that low-grade panic, you know, that, that threatens to derail some people's uh, mental health and, and their emotional health, fill you with fear. And we have to, so we have to distinguish between the disease, which is out there, we're going to manage it, we're going to figure it out, we're going to get through this, and the dis-ease that so many of us suffer from. Um, and especially if you don't have Christ as your your center for life, your source of life, that could really affect our neighbors and those who are out there. Um, but the scriptures promise us, the same scriptures that promise us healing for disease, did you know those same scriptures promise us peace? They promise us the spirit of peace who comes and he brings comfort. He brings faith we, as we trust in him. And so this Holy Spirit, don't, we, you know, a lot of Christians, we're we're fine with praying for, for healing, but you know, you can pray for that Holy Spirit to also bring you peace and bring you comfort, right? And He can turn that dis-ease, that fear, into something far more valuable and useful, That's which good. is love, which is love. There's a beautiful verse that we want to share with you this morning, and it's in the book of First John, chapter 4, the Apostle John, he, he writes this in verse 18, 1 John 4, 18. He says, there is no fear in love. Mm, just think about that. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Let's talk about that for a second. Now, I think most of us can relate to not being perfect, right? I'm not perfect. We all sometimes experience fear. Uh, But this reminds us, too, what the writer refers to right here especially is he's talking about this fear has to do with punishment. And the punishment he's referring to is is that at the end of our lives, that unknown at the end of our lives when, you know, what kind of God are we going to be dealing with? You know, is he going to judge us? Is he going to punish us in that, in that time? And what we're reminded of here is that we aren't people who need to fear. We don't even need to fear death. I mean, even the worst that could possibly happen, death, we don't even need to fear that because death is really just a transition into a new life. And we have already, as Christians, we have put to death our old self. And so we are already living our eternal life right now. We have already entered into eternal life, so we don't fear death. And it says perfect love drives out fear. And so we're all on that journey, right? That goal of being perfected. We're not there yet, but we're, we're on that journey. We're being perfected. And that love is agape love. Uh, agape love, it's that Don't fun. get me started on the word agape. Get started. I will, yeah. I, the, <laughs> they couldn't, there was not a word in the Greek to describe the word of God, the, the mm. love of God. And that the word agape is an all-consuming never-ending, never-failing, unearned, undeserved, unmerited. It makes no human or logical sense. It is the unrelenting, unstoppable, unchangeable love of God for you that is without end. I mean, agape love. Mm, Unconditional. Man, that, that, that is it. Um, and what does this love do? You know, God's love doesn't just make us nice people. It doesn't just, uh, you know, sort of uh, make us feel a little better. The, the scriptures here say it, 
it actually drives out fear. It drives out the greatest, most horrible source of human angst, which is fear. Mm-hmm. It drives it out. This, this word here, drives out, it's casting out. It's the same word for when Jesus would cast out those unclean spirits, the evil spirits from people. He would drive them out. So God's love, this agape love that we can walk in, actually like performs an exorcism of fear if we will let it. It drives it out. You do not have to live with this kind of fear. It'll set you free. And what it does is it sets us free to now be other-centered. That's the whole point. It sets us free to be other-centered. Everything we do now can be out of love instead of out of panic and dread. So you don't even have to be like super courageous to do this no. or super brave. No. You just have to be full of the love, love of, God. of God to receive that love, a revelation of the depth and the power of that love. Right. It's not warm fuzzies. It is power. It is a power mm. that saves us. It is a power to change the world. Receive the revelation of the power of that love so that you can then release the anointing of that love Mm. wherever you go Mm. and in whatever you say Mm. and in whatever you do. That's so good. To live, uh, some of us have a hard time even imagining what would it like to be live without that that constant phobia in the background of fear that the fear brings. And God's love can bring that. The, The Bible talks about death, where is your sting? It doesn't have the sting anymore. That fear, that sting of fear, it doesn't have it anymore. We can begin to live differently as the church. We can live in other-centered love. Yeah. So, um, a scripture that the Lord kept bringing to my heart around this time, and I know God's given you some scriptures too and drawing you to passages And it was an interesting one for me because you think it would be a passage about um, safety or protection or healing or, Mm. but it was (laughs) this passage in Proverbs 9.10, which is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And I want to talk about the word fear here in this passage. The word fear here is a word that does not mean anxiety or stress or concern or worry. It's, it's not like that at all. It is a word that means awe and reverence. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Those who revere Him, those who are in awe of Him, surrender and worship Him. And in that space where you recognize that he is due all the honor and reverence of our lives is the space where wisdom begins. That's where we want to walk from, yeah. And in that space, we can do and be so many things we can't do and be on our own because now our creator has availability within us to work and to move. And countering that scripture with 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Well, there's another scripture with the word fear in it, but it's a different word for fear. Hmm. This is a Greek word that comes from... I like me some Greek. You know, I'm not going to say <laughs> what the Greek word is. I'll tell you what it means, though. It is a word that means terror hmm. and panic. 
And it's a word that has its roots in this place in Philippi, in Israel. And in Matthew 16, it references that exact location. Mm -hmm. And at the city of Philippi, which was this bustling city, Caesarea Philippi, there was a huge pagan temple. And we have been there and stood there. We have stood at this pagan temple, the ruins of it. And it was uh, where the people would come to worship the god Pan. And Pan was very scary and everyone was scared and they would make sacrifices so that Pan would not destroy them and their lives. And there was a huge cave and a pit that's still there at the site. And they saw that as the mouth of Hades or the mouth of hell. And so you can go there today and see the pit and see the temple. And this is, oh, the cave. They thought they referred to as, as the, the mouth of hell. Wow. And they lived in terror, and they made awful sacrifices to this God out of fear. And the God Pan is where we get our word for panic. Wow. And we live in America. We, we know people are deal with anxiety, stress, and panic attacks, and these things are very real. And so just because we know this is a false god, there are roots of fear, which is a real spirit. The spirit of fear is real. And the spirit of fear will come at you with stress and anxiety and panic. But here's how these two scriptures fit in together, and I think this is so awesome. As a believer... You are due to give fear to one thing, and that is your God. And when you give your, when you come to the Lord in fear, and I'm not talking about panic, I'm talking about when you give God what he intended for you to give, which is reverence and honor, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Lord, I fear you. I reverence you. I, this is the fear you intended. It's not the world's perverted version of fear which causes terror. It is honor, reverence, and submission. Lord, when I worship you and honor you and revere you, do you know what that gives me? You give me peace. You give me strength. You fill me up. But when I take my awe and reverence and I apply it to something else like a coronavirus and I give that the fear and awe and reverence, then that is me making an idol out of something else. And if I surrender and revere and give my awe to that thing, do you know what that thing gives me in return? Panic and stress and worry. And I become reactionary instead of kingdom-minded. So here's the lesson. Give no place to the devil, right? Give no place to fear because the fear of the Lord is you honoring, reverencing, and worshiping him. And then he feeds you back peace and joy and wisdom and all those beautiful fruits of the Spirit. But when we give awe and reverence to anything else, what returns to us is terror and panic. So as the people of God, we will not worship other things. Mm -hmm. We will not give them reverence. And then we will not receive the terror that they want to give you back. We refuse them. Resist the devil and he will flee. Amen. You resist the enemy. You resist those lies because really what is fear saying? Fear is saying, what if you lose something? What if something bad happens? What if, yeah. 
but we stand on a rock that cannot be shaken. Anyways, back to Caesarea Philippi. <laughs> Matthew 16. Here's what Jesus says. Okay, so here's what's so cool about that, that backstory. The temple of Pan, the pit, the mouth of Hades that people were terrified of. So Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi. This is Matthew 16, verse 13. And he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And Jesus says this, what about you? Who do you say I am? Mm. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I can imagine Jesus saying that right there in front of that temple to Pan, in front of that mouth of hell, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And I could just imagine all his disciples going, oh, no, he didn't right there in front of it. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> For this purpose awesome. was the Son of God manifest to destroy every work of the enemy, every work, from the big to the small, every work. That is how powerful, how present, how amazing our God is. So, King Jesus, we are ambassadors of the kingdom, right? King Jesus is going to be on our throne. Don't put Pan on the throne. Jesus is on the throne. Mm-hmm. Amen. That was so good. That's so good. Okay, so what is it going to look like for you and me? What does it look like uh, tomorrow and the next day? And, hey, I don't know how long this is going to last. It might be weeks. Who knows? But what does it look like day after day? When, what it looks like when this kingdom, when Christ-like love becomes real for us. And that is what drives us instead of fear and panic and uh, all this kind of stuff. As Christ followers, what it looks like is rather than react out of fear and self-survival, we respond. We get to respond in other-centered love, other-centered love, even if it means putting ourselves in uncomfortable situations for the sake of other people. It means rather than Hey, going to the store and hoarding all the supplies you possibly can, regardless of who inconveniences, stockpiling for ourselves out of, you know, panic. It means we go and we buy what we need and we buy a little extra for those who aren't, we know are going to be short. They're going to come up short. The people who maybe are isolated, the, maybe, the people who can't get out of the house. So we, we do buy a little extra. We buy extra for them, for other people. Maybe we even go to some of, some of those who are part of that uh, demographic that's in higher risk, you know, maybe our older generation, or maybe the people who have underlying medical conditions. And we say, what can I pick you up from the store? You stay home, have fun, you know, drink your coffee. Let me go to the store for you. Um, maybe it also means rather than obsess uh, over 
this political blame game that everybody seems to want to play. Is it even possible to have one crisis in America where we don't blame, each, blame other people and the people across the aisle and the other parties? Oh, ah, it makes me crazy. But maybe rather obsess over what the news is saying, who's at fault and what all this is. What if we, we open the scriptures and we read our kingdom news right? And we discover the one who is really to blame, because there is one to blame, and yes. he has come to steal, steal, kill, and destroy. If you want to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, it's not going to be from watching the media 24-7. That's not how you get strong in the Lord and the power of his might. No. Be informed, be wise, yes. yes. But the word of God, the verses in scripture, the example of Jesus Christ is how we are strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Being surrendered to his spirit who leads you, equips you, and guides you, you have to know the voice to be able to hear the voice and That's follow right. the voice. And so sometimes you have to lower the other voices that is surrounding you, especially when it's a very noisy and distracting time like this. You right. have to purposefully choose to drown out the other voices so that the center of what you hear is the voice of the Lord who is constantly speaking to us, constantly, but you have to lean in and receive what the Lord is telling you to do. It's okay to trust the science, trust the experts, the, the guys at the CDC, our leaders, our officials who are telling us what's happening. You know, hey, get your daily update from the CDC, how things are going, and then turn that thing off and spend some time with people. Get, be, be other-centered. Because what that'll do, if it's too much, it's going to be a substitute for us doing what we're supposed to do, which is be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. And so instead of continuing to listen to updates or be constantly worried about that, FaceTime someone, call someone, have conversations. Hey, we can use the phone again to actually talk. <laughs> is that possible? What? Check on, check on those and really think about the people in your life. Think about those on the fringes who might be the most vulnerable, the most isolated, the most lonely. Um, a practical way, you know, in all the social isolation that's helpful, you could gather some food or supplies or things you think might be helpful. Maybe a bag of candy and a DVD from your own DVD collection and leave it on the porch of someone with the note. I love you. I was thinking of you. I know we probably can't hang, but... I left this here for you. There are so many acts of love that we could do right now. Send an encouraging email to someone. Keep those texts going. Communicate. Be a community in a new way. That's Let's good. rediscover how to, how to be a community in a new way. And church, one of the most important things, one of the most important things in all of this as we're doing all this, rather than be people who panic, let's be people of prayer do not discount the power of prayer. And I know there's projections of how this thing is going to turn out, how it's going to roll, and how it's going to end up. Uh, you know, and some say weeks, some say whatever days. Uh, but I still believe that faith moves, moves mountains. I believe, I believe that prayer is powerful. And when the church gets together, prayer not only changes things, but you know what? It, prayer moves us closer to God. It moves yeah. us closer to the presence of God, to His will. It moves us closer to where God wants us to be when we get in prayer. And we start to align ourselves with His plans. Because God's got a plan, right? God knows He didn't just go take a vacation. He knows what is happening. He knows the next right step for each and every one of you. And pray in the Spirit. If you mm -hmm. have got a prayer language, pray in the Holy Ghost. What better prayer could you be praying? And that is something, mm. when you pray in the Spirit, when I pray in the Spirit, 
what is that? Within 30 seconds, my whole mood is completely different. Mm -hmm. My whole mentality is completely changed. My whole perspective is different because that is the Spirit of God praying through you the very kingdom prayer you should be praying that you probably don't even know how to pray in English. So use the gift that you've been given, and that gift is available for every believer to be able to pray in, in, in the Spirit and to worship God. Just don't underestimate the power of worshiping and turning on praises in your home and singing to the Lord. It changes the very atmosphere of the room that you're in. Yeah, guys, prayer and worship, we can actually change the course of history for this world. And, and I believe that with my whole heart. Don't neglect prayer. Hey, we got some scriptures. Do you want to? Oh, okay. So, so we couldn't all be together today, but we have some amazing, um, we have some words from friends this morning. Uh, I went on Facebook and I asked people, what is the scripture that God keeps putting on your heart? What is he leading you to? So if you, if you have your Bible or open your Bible app, I want us to read these together. If you've got the kids, follow along. Let's read these and maybe even jot down the references because these just kept pouring in and it was so encouraging to me. I was like, the word of God is encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> it is so, good stuff it's so transformative because this is truth. This is actual truth. This is the reality of your life. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to read what people were sending me. Um, sometimes people sent the same thing. So I'm going to read all their names and what they sent. So John East and Deb and Pastor Monica and Sharon and Francine, these ladies love Psalm 91. And oh, Daniel right. started out with right. it. And so we're going to bookend with it. <laughs> Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Uh, I could go on. I'm going to skip to seven. A thousand may fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes. If you say the Lord is my refuge, you make the most high your dwelling. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. I thought about the shadow of the Almighty. Here's what's so cool, okay? Because... Uh, in our human brain, we can think, oh, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hunker down in one spot, and that's where God's shadow is. But you know the shadow of the Lord moves with you. Do you know that God is all over the place? And so you actually get to walk out what the Lord tells you. And when you are obedient to Him, you're still covered under the shadow of the Most High. It's His wings are with you. They cover you. And so I just love the idea that if I, well, His shadow is still, you're still there. But you have to rest. You have to know Him. You have to trust in Him. Trust in Him. Psalms 91, awesome. Good job, ladies. Michelle sent Nahum 1-7. The Lord is good. I'm sorry, I didn't give you time to turn there. <laughs> Flip over to Nahum. I'm going to give you a second. He's putting it on the screen. Oh, it's on the screen, but I want them to use their Bibles at home. Okay. <laughs> because sometimes flipping an actual page is good. Flipping, flipping, you found it. Good job. The Lord is good. A refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. <laughs> because he can. The Lord cares for everyone, but not everyone gives God access 
to their life. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, he cares for those who trust in him because we're opening our arms and saying, okay, Lord, take care of me. I trust you for it. And he's like, boom, I'm taking care of you. Pat, Ivy, and Bob all sent Jeremiah 29, 11. That's a good one. Jeremiah, you're going there. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. Flipping over to John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John 4. Um, Stephen sent this one. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews, yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. See, we don't even have to be all together because God's not in this building. That's right. I mean, wait. He is in this building. God's in this building. He's not only in this building. God is not limited (laughs) to this building. Where you're at at home, when you go to your, when you're driving in your car, when you've got to get out and go to the grocery store, the Spirit of God is with you. And not only that, you can worship Him in those moments. Lauren sent Isaiah 65, 24. Isaiah 65, 24 says, before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. What a gracious and loving, intuitive, ever-present God that we have. Amy sent Psalm 62, 1 through 2. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. shaken. Right? So Peter said, Peter said, you are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. And Jesus said, on this rock, on the rock of your confession, you believe that I am the Son of God, I am the Messiah, and on that rock I will build my church. The church of God, you and I are built on the foundation that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And he is our victor. That is our victory. Um, Pastor Albert sent Psalm 103. It's beautiful. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Just read this every morning. Wake up and open your Bible to Psalm 103. Who forgives all your sins, heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's, The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. Uh, Francine Wayne sent Psalm 46, 9 through 10. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Uh, Almeida sent Mark eleven twenty two through 24. Have faith in God. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to the mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in the heart but believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. 
Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Brenna sent Romans 8, 38 through 39, one of my faves. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And just real quick, I'm going to check Facebook in case any of you people send me something. Donna, Donna Jean said Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came up and said to them, all authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded to you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's so good. Amen. Amen. Church, this is what we were made for. Times like this. We were made for this. We can do this. And we're going to get through this. This is, this is why Christ called you and he called me to be part of his body. So, yeah, we can't gather right now together to come to church, but this is another opportunity for us to become the church, which is much more important, much more important that we become the church right now. You know, our, our four paths of discipleship is, is gather, grow, give, go. This is the way we gather right now. It's, it's remotely, but we can still give, we can still grow, and we can still go. We can go, be disciples who make disciples, and be love to people. Show love, even if in this case, it, showing love means distancing yourself from those in danger. But it's our chance to become light, because this is, man, you know, in the darkness is where Jesus shines the brightest, and he's going to shine through you. He's going to shine through you, because make no mistake, guys, listen, uh, church, uh, Christians, I'm going to talk to you just for a second, so you all lean in here, because this is for nobody else. Here we go. Church, uh, the world is watching. The world is watching. Make no mistake. They're watching what the church does. They're watching how we respond. If we respond in fear or superstition or skepticism or whatever, they're, they're watching what we do. If we just run for the hills, they're watching what you do, what you say, and why you're doing it. So check your motives. What, what am I doing and why am I doing this? Am I doing this out of fear? Am I doing this out of love? We can shine Jesus in this. We, we, love is sometimes shown by coming together. In this case, it's shown by, by physically distancing ourselves. But this is our opportunity to be our best selves and to reflect Jesus. And let me tell you what, we're not shutting down. The church is, you know, the, the, the organization of Generations Church, I'm telling you, we're not shutting down. This, this isn't our time to like shut the door and, and not do church for a few weeks. No, 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 no. We are in high gear. We still have our vision. We still have our mission. We're going to be reaching out to this community, people outside our tribe as well as inside our tribe who need help, who need prayer, who need assistance. We're going to be working hard. And so be a part of that. Be part of this church. And, uh, you know, our office is going to be open. We're going to be here ready for you. We've got a little staff. We'll greet you with that holy wave or a foot bump or whatever it takes. But we want, you know, we want you to know that we are here for you. You're not walking alone. We are walking in this together. And uh, so, so we need you to be a part of it. Um, you know, 
keep, be generous with your, with your giving. You can give your, you can still give, uh, honor the Lord with your, your tithes and your offerings, because um, we're, we're going to be, this is a, this is a source for our community. We are going to be helping others uh, with that. You can give, even though we're not here with an offering bucket, you can give on the website. Just click there on the, the little give button, and you can do that. Um, but I want you to hear me in this, that you are not alone. We are all in this together, and we are going to get through this. This is not forever. This is a season, and we're going to come out the other end of this, and I think we're going to be better for it. We're going, to be, we're going to be good. We're going to learn something about ourselves in this season, and I hope it's something really, really good. I believe it can be something that's encouraging and takes us forward and something that tells the world, hey, those Christians are for real. They mean business. They actually walk in love. That's what I, that's what I want us to be, our very best selves, our most Christ-like selves in this. We have this opportunity. This is our moment, not to cower in fear, but to step out, to walk in love and peace and a sound mind. Amen? Amen. Speaking of that, Carrie just sent 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Let's hear from, let's get Daniel to, to worship for us for a little bit more. Here we go. Daniel, take us there. Hallelujah. Yes, thank you both for that, that message. That was so good. We're just going to sing one more song together today. and just really hits home what we just heard. And uh, just know that we shouldn't have a spirit of fear, that we're all children. Amen. Most high God. My fears were drowning 
so much for inviting us into your homes this morning and letting us join you in this time of, of worship and encouragement. I hope you feel the Holy Spirit ministering to you. I hope some of those scriptures, I hope you jotted them down and uh, they're just going to keep ministering to you. Just rehearse those every day. That's a good thing to rehearse every day as those scriptures get with your family and uh, rehearse those scriptures. And uh, you know, if you need to, this will be this will be on the website. You can watch this over. You can forward it to other people. If they didn't catch this live, it'll be available to watch. And we've also got some other stuff for the kids that are. It's going to be. Yes, we have Kids World today. If you're a kid watching, um, we have a special link. It's going to be on our uh, church website homepage. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a link to YouTube and on Facebook. There's going to be a Kids World link. And Miss Amy Tice has prepared a lesson mm -hmm. just for you for today. It's going to bless your kids. Uh, so be sure to hit that link and watch that together. We'll have that link live uh, in about five minutes. As soon as I can run off the stage and go put it on the website, it'll be live and you can click on there. And so, brothers and sisters of mine, may you feel the grace and the peace of King Jesus the Christ more than ever in your life today and all this week. Be blessed. No one walks alone. Amen. Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit gchurch.net for more information about this podcast and other resources.